This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 331. Karen Hand on Empowering Your BS. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. You know, it has become a bit of an annual tradition to bring Karen Hand back onto the program each and every year around the 4th of July. And by each and every year, I mean most of the years. And it's good to have her back this year. Uh, Karen wrote a phenomenal book on hypnosis called Magic Words with all sorts of strategies moving towards scriptless hypnosis, working independently on the fly. And it was from that theme that I started to invite Karen on, who, by the way, if you haven't yet caught the running gag, Karen Hand is my favorite hypnotist. Please do not tell the others. They might be offended. But this opportunity to look at how we can work interactively inside of what we do. Let me now also explain the title of this episode before anyone gets upset, because empowering your BS, the BS stands for belief system. And inside of this conversation here with Karen, we're going to talk about how to let your entire hypnotic process become hypnotic, why it is that we don't necessarily have to wait until eye closure to start to do hypnotic techniques, and wait until you hear the specific story she shares, by the way, all around asking a client what her result would be like, and what happened when she asked the client to get up and act it out. Keep this in mind. This is a big thing that I tend to push inside of Work Smart Hypnosis Live, the training event that I do. It's the fact that hypnotic suggestions are not just words. Their thoughts, their experiences, their actions, their everything. So to realize that we can use gestures, we can use sounds, we can use physicality to really become a part of our hypnotic process. So listen carefully to this week's episode because you're going to hear some strategies to empower your pre-talk, how to better empower your intake so you're actually getting the story behind what the client really wants to produce as the result. You'll learn how to troubleshoot around problematic moments inside of the session. And we wrap up on an incredible note in terms of, again, independence, talking about what it means to run our own businesses and really have this ability to now direct our own lives and help people all around the world, whether it's virtual freedom by way of an online hypnotic practice, or even for those of you once again, seeing people in person as the world is reopening. You can check out the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com to get the links to Karen's website. If you're listening after August of 2021, her new book will have been released. Either way, you can head back to the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 331. That'll give you the links and details of how to get in contact with Karen. And absolutely, I've seen an advanced copy. It's good. Uh, grab a copy of her newest book. While you're there too, on this theme of independence, this is why I teach hypnotic business strategies. That so many people from the ground up hit a bit of a challenge because we get into this profession to help people. And it turns out that the skills necessary to run a business are left out of most trainings. Unfortunately, because there are too many people, I'll say it, that are teaching that are not actually doing the professional work of hypnosis. A big part of what I do is the reality that embedded inside of the sales process are a lot of the same hypnotic change strategies that you and I already know to help a client produce a change. And when you start to realize how to use your same skills to also bring those clients in 
as you do to help them produce change, that's when the business process becomes fun. And the reason it's called hypnotic business systems is because at its core, it's all the same strategies time and time again. I'll give you a quick preview, by the way. There's a three-part interaction that's always going on in your business. Audience, engagement, invitation. So this is where you've got to first find the audience. That's the audience. Then from there, engagement. You've got to have a reason for them to reach out to you, a reason for them to interact with you in some respect. And only then, and listen to this carefully, only then, once you've provided real value, that's in my world once they finally see the invitation which could be the sales offer, which could be the click here to schedule a time to have a consult, could be download this free thing. But that three-step sequence, if you don't understand where you are and why you are at each and every step of the process, it's kind of hard to navigate people through that journey. And to even better have the digital business systems behind the scenes, which are very no cost to low cost in their applications, that's where so much of this helps you to indeed, yes, that's right, work smart. We are now settled here in Florida. This is the first podcast episode I did record uh, in the new home production studio. Uh, you can see it, right? Okay, no, this is an audio session. And I will tell you the uh, license plates are on order that say work smart. And it's Florida, so there's a manatee on it. I don't have a transition, but you can head over to worksmarthypnosis.com for the show notes or check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. I'll give you a free resource, though. Check out Jason Webinar. Com. If you have not yet seen my presentation, Six Steps to a Six-Figure Hypnosis Business, that'll give you six ways to get up and running even faster. And here we go, Hypnotic Independence, session number 331. Welcome back. Karen Hand on Empowering Your BS. So we're back once again talking about hypnotic independence, and this is a theme that I think it's now a reserved spot that Karen Hand has to have this spot every year around the 4th of July. Welcome back, Karen. Happy Independence Day. Thank you so much. I love independence. I love freedom. And thank you for having me, Jason. I love now, this spot. This year, yeah, we can say you officially get the spot now, although this year, I believe, as 4th of July happens on either a Saturday or Sunday, yours is right. coming out before. And hey, Craig Mackay is next week, who owned a business called Freedom Hypnosis. Look at that. I know. That was just coincidence. But uh, you get to claim it first, so you win. And you are my favorite hypnotist. <laughs> Do not tell the others. Uh, there's a couple of things that you and I have talked about recently that I was going, let's get this on the program. But first of all, what what have you been up to in terms of hypnosis the last, you know, two years? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I really haven't stopped uh, because my business was mostly on Zoom to begin with. Yeah. So even my local clients prefer Zoom. So during that shutdown, I really didn't see a lot of difference in business, a little bit, but not a lot of difference in business. And so I just heavied up on training, which I like to do anyway. And it's really interesting that so many people have in this, this year so far, have had online conferences. So it seems like there's something going on all the time, summits and conferences and all sorts of things. Oh my online. So yeah, I'd love to go back to what you said, though, about already, already primarily being an online business, that even your local clients preferring it online. I mean, it's not like there's right. any traffic around the Chicago area, right? Well, that's the point. I had <laughs> clients who would come, I would live on the far north side of Chicago, several people from the far south side or south, southern southwestern suburbs 
we're spending an hour and a half to two hours in traffic to come for an appointment. And when I told them, you know, we could do this online, wow, really? Let's do it that way. And so a lot of people, you know, I don't want to face two hours in Chicago traffic either. So it just makes more sense. I started doing it, Jason, because I wrote my first book. I had an international, I had a, a global clientele and I had to figure out a way to work with them, right? Skype wasn't my thing. So Zoom really answered that call. And then when that became available for even local clients, they loved it. Then during the pandemic, of course, we couldn't see people in person. And I had a couple of clients over that last year that lived within two blocks of my office. And they still Zoomed because we couldn't get together. Yeah, It's just too convenient. It's just too convenient to do it by Zoom. Well, I think that brings up, you know, there was a dialogue that was in a Facebook group a while ago that someone was holding on to was almost a bit of a negative opinion about how many of us were talking about online. But the reality becomes now it's that it has proven a long-term market viability. And it all comes down to framing in terms of how we present it. A big thing that I've said for years is that with a lot of my clients being entrepreneurs, you're not procrastinating about your business at my office. You know, this is right. where I do my work and you're procrastinating in your office. So why don't we do the work in the environment where you want to notice the changes? Because not just for the sake of convenience, I've seen a faster result by getting the work done where you want to notice the changes, you know, in this way, which I, that was because I found that to be true. And suddenly then again, pre-March 2020, everything was online. And, you know, there does come the occasional opportunity, but this is the beauty of all of it that we don't all have to do it the exact same way. Right. Oh, right. Right. And we shouldn't all do it the exact same way. And you just hit on my biggest pet peeve in our industry. My biggest pet peeve in our industry is a trainer, and there are many of them, a trainer who says, this is the right way to do it. This will work for everything. Do this for everything. It's the biggest negative BS I hear. And by that, I mean, yes, it's bullshit. But it's also <laughs> BS is a belief system. Look at that transition you just pulled off. <laughs> Look at that segue. It, Anybody who didn't yet know that this was already named episode 331, Empowering Your BS, welcome. <laughs> Happy Independence Day. Go for it, Karen. <laughs> Into the transition of independence, right. It's, it's bullshit to say this technique, this system, this way to do it will work for everything all the time. Now, now let me say, let me give you a caveat with that. That particular technique, that particular system might work every single time for the person who invented it or the person who believes in it or the person who, well, there it is, the person who runs that BS. Mm -hmm. It's all dependent on belief system, okay? So a person who always does the same thing with their clients and has tremendous success, they believe that is the thing that always works. My BS, what I believe, my belief system is, that works for them because they have they are hypnotic around that technique or that idea. But that doesn't mean it works for everybody. Can I agree and uh, challenge that at the same time? Absolutely. Okay. So first of all, um, I've said for years, uh, never, ever, ever use absolutes. 
Absolutely. Absolutely not. And just if anyone's not yet smirking, that was an absolute. However, here's where I kind of go back and forth on this, which would be that if someone has absolute conviction that what they're about to do is the best way to do it. And here's the part in parentheses, whether that confidence is earned or not deserved or not is a secondary conversation. But if you're going into it with the absolute knowledge that I have learned the one thing that is the most effective, would you say that that's going to help that person deliver that process in a better way? Because I think you and I would agree on this, that the technique itself is never magic. It's the application. It's the artistry yes. of how the technique is modified to the person in front of us. But it's where any one technique can be done poorly. It could also be done goodly. And this is a podcast all about <laughs> choosing right words. Um, right. No, that's the other one. Uh, so th there, there's this benefit that does come from this, dare I say, absolute mindset. And I think this is something we can often use to our advantage. I, I think about there was a question one time at a training with uh, Ron Esslinger out of Tennessee, and someone asked, what's the most effective hypnotic induction? And his response was something as simple as the one you feel the most confident in doing. Yes, yes. Roy Hunter says the same thing. I completely agree with that. I completely agree that whatever you believe in, you're going to deliver. Your BS is going to be congruent right? Because that's what your belief system owns and believes. And that therein lies your being hypnotic. So then inside of that, is there, is there something that you're doing differently now with your clients to um, bring the gorgeousness of your BS into the process? <laughs> you know, hashtag new I sentence. Found, yeah, right. I found Jason <laughs> that the longer I do this, the less I do. So when I, what I mean by that is when I started, I did everything by the book. I did everything by the rules. I made sure that I had my scripts in front of me and that I did my prep work. And, and I knew something about what the client was coming in for. I had some scripts that I could look over, yada, 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 yada. I did a lot of pre-work. I probably, for an a one hour client did four hours of prep work mm -hmm. and it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So Could I jump in with a question though, and not, not to uh, use hypnotic language patterns on a hypnotic podcast. Cause I know that's not, a, that's against the rules here, but correct me on this. The more you prepared, the less you ended up actually using those materials. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a critical point that, you know, people hear the dialogue that you put out, people put out the dialogue, dialogue that I put out. And thankfully, this is now one of the more dominant conversations. It used to be that the, oh, don't use scripts, put them down was the minority. And now it's the overwhelming majority of us. Um, but right. that, that benefit that someone hears, oh, here's how you can customize on the fly. Here's how you can take these techniques and let them become client-centered based on what the client has said. Here's how you do the intake. So the client writes the script for you. Yes, yep. I, I'd say eventually, it, yet in those early stages, the more we can prepare, the more we can get ready for. And it does create that equation though, that again, the more we've prepared, the less we end up using those materials. And the more we do that sequence, the less we end up having to do it all together. Because now we just know right. it. That's right. That's right. And, you know, there was a time and I love the element induction. There was a time where I did the 
every single piece of it all along the, the, the path. And then I discovered, you know what? I can just use that eyelock piece here or in desultory conversation. I can throw this and hey, let's let's see, let's see about this. Check out this magic and then just <laughs> use the eyelock. You know, things like that can be used in different places. That's the point. I used to do everything in a specific order, including all the prep work. And I stopped doing prep work when I discovered that clients don't always tell you the truth in the screening. Sometimes they'll say, oh, I want to work on confidence. And then in your office say, you know what I really want is to work on erectile dysfunction. Well, guess what? Your confidence script might still work, but it might not. So if they change your mind, you got to be able to work on the fly. And that's how I learned all of this prep work is just a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Until I hear the client tell me what's really going on in their world in some detail, although I don't like a lot of detail, I don't want their drama, but but I need to know what their limiting beliefs are. I need to know what their BS is. And I learned that from Peter Blum. He asked his clients, tell me your BS. And I just <laughs> think that's the greatest opening line I've ever heard. Tell me your BS. And it kind of takes them off guard. What are you talking about? Your belief system. And we can start the conversation right there about beliefs are not facts. Yeah. Your belief system is good and strong in you, but it doesn't make it fact, but you are acting and behaving as if what you believe is true. So let's learn your belief system, your BS, and then discover from that while we're listening, not to the story, not to the drama, while we're listening, we have to shut up and listen for limiting beliefs, listen for what will motivate them, listen for the leverage in order to affect change, you have to change so there has to be some leverage for movement we got to hear the leverage we got to hear the limiting beliefs we got to hear what they want we got to hear how they think they can achieve it and when you listen when you just shut up and listen and you know, ask a couple of questions along the way but listen to their answers they will write the script for you so right there's the uh, block quote by the way of this episode karen han wants you to shut up because you're full of bs well, maybe that's true. Award-winning healer, Karen Hand, wants you to. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And th th there's, a, there's a playful way that I get around this topic sometimes to say that you walk into a room and there's 100 people in the room and you ask them, how do you feel? And those 100 people say they're afraid. Well, step one, you're in the wrong damn room. Uh, but step two, right. if you try to then work with all those people based on that label alone, you don't yet have anything to work on something entirely right. changes to then ask the questions of what does that feel like? When does that occur? How do you know this is about to happen? When does it not happen? Yes. When we start to do that intake now, we're seeing where, you know, if we break it down to thoughts, feelings, and actions, you know, here are three right. places we can address something. And like you said, here's a limiting belief. And if I can go in and just change that thought system, that's likely going to rebuild the entire system from the ground up right there. That's exactly right. If we could reframe it at the moment they say it, talk about it at that point, the light bulb goes off, that change can be made, and then we can solidify it, install it. I don't care what word you use. We can repeat it <laughs> in the formal hypnosis. Yeah. So then how? How do we repeat it in the formal hypnosis? Well, I mean, where, where, where would you go about doing it? Would you address it directly there in that, quote, intake time frame? Would that be during the session? What's your approach? 
my approach, Jason, and, and it's changed over the years. I used to start with, you know, a couple of desultory questions and then, okay, close your eyes and let's do the whole big process. I, I, I don't wait anymore until we get into hypnosis because my philosophy has changed. I truly believe that we are always in trance and we're in some sort of trance. The client walks in, if they're coming in to work on something, they walk in in that trance. And so if they're telling me a trance state that can change easily and I can confuse them, I say, really? Oh my gosh. Or, you know, in some way kind of uh, have them stop for a moment. It's open for suggestion to do a reframe right there. Yeah. Why waste that moment? I've, I've heard lots of hypnotists in demonstrations at conventions uh, do a demonstration and they have their client, quote, in hypnosis, unquote, and they then give them some lovely suggestions. And they tend to look at the crowd and say, never waste a trance. So they give them some suggestions, emerge them, and everybody looks and goes, oh, wow, I believe in that never waste a trance. Yeah. Because if you're telling me something that can be reframed right then and there, why wait? <laughs> It goes back to a parenting strategy. One parenting strategy I learned is if you wait until they get home or until daddy gets home to punish them, they've forgotten about what they did. <laughs> the punishment, and if you're training an animal, a dog or a pet, that's one of the things to know. They have to link what they did to the consequence. And so why wait? Why wait till later when they're thinking about something else? Why not stick with it right then and there? Call it out and do a reframe. It doesn't matter. Can you give an Can you give an example of a time that you've done this? Uh, an example of a time that I've done this. Um, gosh, I wish that I had I had had a great story for that right there. But someone might tell me um, I'm. I someone might be here for procrastination. And they might say, I am late for everything. I can never show up on time. And I'll look at me and say, really? If there were a million dollar money drop in 10 minutes, <laughs> would you show up on time? Oh, well, of course, for that. Oh, so now we know that you will do what you consider important in a timely manner. So we're now chipping away. That may not be the greatest example, but it's yeah. an example of chipping away at a limiting belief right then and there. Yeah, you, you've been around. You've been around my kids, uh, <laughs> and uh, there's a transition. Claire has uh, mastered uh, violations of the meta model. Uh, she was an expert at this, even at six years old. Um, you always do this, always. <laughs> uh, to that now, Max is doing it as well. Uh, so we all have to be very specific with our languaging, apparently, which is great with an eight and a 10 year old. <laughs> but you know, you're right. The person who says, I can't do that. I can't wake right. up early and do this. Um, and it's just start to play with some of the words. Well, what can you do? Okay, right. well, we can continue working with what you can't do, but what's something you can do? And all of a sudden, right. the, the way that I've seen you do a demo where you're just sitting there and asking the right questions and suddenly the person's coming up with all their solutions and suddenly then, oh, look at that. It's time for us to do hypnosis. And yet you've clearly already been doing it. You know what? If I wait until the, quote, formal hypnosis, unquote, mm -hmm. and along the way, um, 
I'm saying, okay, that's a, that's a bizarre belief or that's a bizarre, I know what they ought to be doing about that. I'll give them suggestions on doing it this way. You're not giving suggestions. You're not doing hypnosis. You're giving advice. And they can go to their best friend, their spouse, somebody else and get advice for free. It's not our job to give them advice. It's our job to help them rearrange the way they're thinking about something. Yeah. I went into a, an Apple store a few years ago to, to get a new uh, phone. And I bought the new phone, gave them my old phone to you know transfer all the information over. And the young, adorable millennial looked at me and rolled her eyes and said, how many apps do you have on this phone? There were like nine pages of apps. Nice. And I said, I don't know, a bunch of them. And she said, you know, you can do folders. And I said, well, <laughs> yeah, I suppose I could, but uh, yeah, it, whatever, do your thing. And I thought in and my how mind, how did that make okay, you feel, Karen? <laughs> well, it made me feel old and stupid, and okay. as the Apple Store always does, but and, and incompetent. But the point is, that is how we are arranging our heads, right? And if we kind of look at it as, look at my my new metaphor is the cell phone uh, analogy, where you buy a new cell phone and it comes perfectly equipped with a bunch of good working programs. And then you want a scheduling program. So you download the app for a scheduling program. And if that scheduling program works for you, then you use it. If it doesn't, what do you do? Do you delete it and download a new app? Do you upgrade it? What do you do? I ask my clients that sometimes and they'll say, oh, I just I just leave it on there. I, I which is what I had done when I had nine pages of apps, right? I had just left the old apps that I wasn't using here. I have one, two, three, four, five. I have six. Okay. <laughs> well, the-, the Six the, and the folders. Millennial, <laughs> the millennial pointed out to me that I am using battery life because those apps are running. They're in the background waiting to jump in, just like Alexa. She's always listening, waiting to jump in, right? She's always mm -hmm. running in the background. It's always running in the background. So if we leave a lot of behavior apps that we downloaded along the course of growing up, if we leave those behavior apps running in the background without deleting them or upgrading them, they're just sitting there waiting to jump in and do something. Let's look at those apps and decide how we can change them, how we can rework them, how we can upgrade them or delete them. And that makes a lot of sense to my clients. We're not, they're not wrong. They're not uh, bad. I love the NLP presuppositions. We're always doing the best we can with what we have in front of us. Yeah. You were doing the best you could at that point. Now things have changed. Now what makes sense? And now let's upgrade upgrade the behavior app and leave you your own perf perfect self. Yeah, what you're, what's beautiful about what you're sharing, I was on a chat with someone just before we hopped on that they had some questions about the business program that I do. And the, the conversation went around to the, the question though about you know working with a larger number of people that as she put it, she goes, I'm just kind of getting started but just it's wearing me down that sometimes people come in with some really serious issues and you know has a background also as being a licensed professional counselor now adding on hypnosis and we kind of stopped the business chat for a bit and it just kind of came around to the same philosophy that you're sharing here that when we start to look at the client's issues as really being a good to great what 
abilities, what strengths do they already have? And how do we kind of move them from one folder to another to continue the iPhone right. story as it were. Yeah. And the beauty of this is, um, as we're here talking about empowering your BS, um, to let your BS, when again, we're talking belief system here, to let your belief right. system be known in terms of what you do. This is why a question that I very frequently ask, and heads up everybody next week with Craig Mackay, oh my God, he gives an awesome answer to this. When we have that sort of universal structure of what really is happening when someone produces change, what's the overarching story behind how they move from point A to point B? And I've seen you do this too. And this also becomes part of our belief system, but part of the stories we tell in our marketing and our promotion. This is what brings in those clients who are ready to create that, ready to create that result. That's right. That's right. I prepare my, I, okay, I, I mentioned earlier that I, I do less. I used to spend an awful lot of time explaining to my brand new clients what hypnosis is, how it works, how it's going to work for them, uh, doing some ways to convince them that they could be hypnotized, et cetera, et cetera. That was then, this is now, now that I believe that we're always in a trance, I, I, I believe that they walk in in a hypnotic state, right? And we're man, manipulating or manu maneuvering that. But I also don't spend much time convincing them about hypnosis anymore because I personally would not make a reservation at an expensive restaurant <laughs> without expecting good results. Yeah. I'm expensive. They're not going to make a reservation with me unless they already expect good results. So do I really want to bring up that there could possibly be in any way, any negative results or anything other than walking out of here feeling great? I don't always expect a one session wonder. In other words, I don't always get it all done in one session. Sometimes we have multiple sessions and sometimes we know that going in. But if I work with the client's belief, beliefs are the easiest things in the world to change. Yeah. If you go with me on this metaphor, back in the olden days, everybody believed the earth was flat. And if you went too far, you would fall off the edge. Thank God the Vikings didn't believe that. It wasn't in their <laughs> belief system. So they started sailing. They sailed all the way around the world. They came back. They were in perfect health. Everything was fine guess what? The earth isn't flat, it's round. And Viking cruise lines were born. People started taking vacations. The belief changed just like that. And guess what? Even when they believed that the earth was flat, it was just as round then as it is now. So beliefs are not facts and beliefs change easily. I'm yeah. not talking religious beliefs, you know, that kind of thing. Whatever you believe about yourself can change easily. So if someone has a negative belief about themselves or their abilities, we have all sorts of ways of turning that around. I had a weight loss client who told me she wanted to be a size eight. So I didn't wait till the formal hypnosis to install thoughts of being a size eight. I asked her, so as a size eight, what might you do? And she's, well, I would, I would flirt more and I would, my, I would stand up straighter and I would probably laugh more. And I asked her to stand up in the office and let's pretend being a size eight right now. And she did. She walked with a sexy walk <laughs> and she was putting on this great little act 
as a size eight. And we went with that. So if you pretended to be a size, so you did such a good job pretending to be a size eight right here in my office. What would happen if you spent the entire day pretending to be a size eight? She loved that idea and she ran with it. When she came back the next time, she a week later, by the way, she was three pounds down without dieting, just being a size eight. She said she loved it so much she spent the week being a size eight. And what she discovered in modeling that behavior that she had in her mind was she walked differently. She said she got on the elevator uh, and rode six floors down as she left my office the week before with a guy that she flirted with. And she said, I would never do that. And he flirted back. And as she acted, pretended to be a size eight, she also noticed that a size eight wouldn't eat the way she ate. And so she ate like a size eight. And her whole belief, her whole persona, and as she went further and further and further into this, her whole belief about herself improved. And she changed. Our leverage for change was just what she wanted to be. But as she pretended to be that, she made some changes and she loved it. I didn't have to wait to any kind of formal hypnosis to affect that change. That was in listening to her, what she wanted, and what can we do with that now? The beautiful part of that was here's a moment of, again, breaking away from the norm. This was part of the same chat I hinted at earlier of, um, you know, well, people want to come in and talk about their problems because that's what I've been doing as a counselor all these years. It's like, well, as soon as you set the stage that something can be different. So when we hear that kind of goal, live as if I can do this, well, show me what that would look like as you had. You had her stand up. You had her actually go through the actions. And the beauty of that is I flashed to a story from Laura King that uh, talked about if you're working with an athlete and you don't know what they want to do, you turn around an iPad and you go, tell me what I need to search on YouTube so I can see the move you're trying to do better. And right. the benefit now is we see the end result. We, you know, help them to right, right there. You just described benefits approach. You just described meta right. pattern for change, what I call uh, straight line transformation, connect with the result, bring them along for the ride, which is, again, it's not just the words, it's bringing them into the experience and getting those kinesthetics in there wonderfully. Right. You'll get what you expect. You'll get what you go looking for. And as she went looking for a size eight, she got that in that, in that, but, but that Jason was powerful hypnosis. Yeah. It was powerful for her to stand up and pretend out loud in front of another person. That was powerful. And anyone who thinks she wasn't in a very deep trance at that moment, I think you don't understand hypnosis. Well, how would you I define, how would you define trance? I, I honestly believe that we are always in a trance. So as an example, uh, a parking lot, I think, and I, and I may have used this, this with you before, Jason, but a parking lot is a great example of hypnosis, in my opinion. A parking lot is, is a flat surface with a bunch of suggestions on it. They're usually yellow, the suggestions. And the suggestion is to park between these lines. Now, if you if you go into a parking lot in the perfectionist trance, <laughs> you're going to park perfectly between those lines. If you go into the lot in a parking trance, you're going to park in those lines pretty close. You go into that parking lot in the I'm in a great big hurry, got to get out of here trance. You're going to park in the first place you find, whether it's between the lines or not, go in and do your thing and come back out and leave. Those are all trance states, right? And 
and we go into and out of them all the time. Jason, using your example, you and Michelle, your wife, operate differently on date night than you do on a night out with the kids. Those are two different trans states. That's the husband-wife trans state. This is the parental family trans state. We go in and out of those all the time quite naturally. What I've come to love is watching my client go in and out of trance. When you do wide awake hypnosis, uptime hypnosis, you're watching the trance states. I learned this one best from my husband. If I'm telling him a detailed story about something I find super interesting, but is out of his wheelhouse, <laughs> I can watch him look at me and nod and his eyes, gla eyes glaze over. And I know when I've lost him. <laughs> that was a great education for me. Thank you for teaching me that. <laughs> I just saw you go into the I'm not listening anymore trance. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch, you can watch those trance states change. And when we stop thinking that hypnosis is um is something that we do to somebody, it really isn't. There's a difference between hypnosis on purpose and accidental hypnosis. Accidental hypnosis is that kind of thing where somebody says something to you and it changes your whole belief system just in you know casual conversation. A kindergartner who spends the whole day at, in kindergarten doing the perfect picture and they bring it home and they show it to mommy and they go, mommy, look at my picture. And she takes it because she's busy. She's got two other kids she's worried about and she's cooking dinner. And she says, oh, she throws it on the table and says, well, you're never going to be an artist. A little kid who really wants to impress mom and is very externally, has an external uh, locus of control is going to be gobsmacked by that attitude. And then there are other little kids who are just going to go, okay, whatever, and go on. But, but accepting that suggestion that you're never going to be an artist, right, could land on somebody in a very negative way. Accidentally, mom didn't mean to hurt her kid, but that's accidental hypnosis that takes a powerful form. Our client comes into our office 30 years later saying, I can't draw. I'm afraid to draw anything. I need to change that. Well, we go back and find out where that came from and change the perceptions. Because if we go back to that initial sensitizing event, not that you have to do that every time, but in this particular case, the client that I'm quoting to you, went back to the initial sensitizing event, saw that mom threw her picture on the table and she registered negativity about herself. As we re-looked at that, I like to throw, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but I like to throw kids all over the floor in my office. So we do that, you know, that, that six-year-old, that little six-year-old, let's put them, let's right now, let's set them down here on the floor. And then my client will put them down there and look at her. Is there anything wrong with that little one? Well, no, she's adorable. She's really cute. And when you see your clients looking at that space on the floor where they put that child and talking to it and relating to it and then reincorporating that child, that's hypnosis, even if their eyes are wide open. And then if we later get an 11-year-old or a two-year-old and put them someplace else on the floor, the interesting thing is when we talk to any of those aspects, they're looking at right where they put that little one. They'll nice. move. Yeah. And that, my friend, is hypnosis because they are in their own head. They're in their own trance. They're seeing their own stuff. That's what we have to know. We don't give advice. Please stop giving advice. That's not your job. Your job is to get in their head. Leave your BS at the door. 
leave your belief system at the door and work in their head, get their belief system and discover what can be changed or altered. An NLP presupposition, if something doesn't work, try anything else. Find out what they're doing and then try anything else and you'll at least get a different result. I love that approach. I have a bit of a yes and on top of it, which is agreeing and just okay. giving one little flavor, a nuance to this. I do have to tie up a thread though from like five minutes ago. Karen, do you know why there's no longer any Vikings? <laughs> no, why? <laughs> they fell off the edge of the earth. So the, the yes and is that there's always something hypnotic going on. Um, yes. But on top of that, I'd throw in the additional part of the definition that a hypnotic trance, we can say, is when that internal story overrides the external reality. And yes. by grabbing a hold of that, it's so much easier to change the internal story, which is then going to domino affect the external. So this often gives us a much better entry point that it's not just, let's say, for a weight loss client to eat this, don't eat that. It's what right. are the belief systems? Hey, look at that. Uh, what's the BS that they're holding on to? What's the story that they're telling themselves? And as soon as we change that, like, like your example, she could actually now associate into that, which then created that domino effect where things begin to fall in the right place. Right. We found something that she liked, pretending it was fun for her. And that was the entree into change. Because asking her to follow some sort of rules may or may not have worked. But pulling this out, what she really wanted was to be a size eight. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Yes, that changes things. That changes her actions. We need to know, you know, the trigger, the thought, the action, and the consequence. There's the behavior change. The trigger, the thought, the action, and the consequence. Well, when she started thinking a different thought, she started believing a different thing. What was the question that you had asked a little while ago around uh, what is that? What's the size eight to you? What does that mean to you? What was the phrasing of that? What What would that be like for you? What does that yeah. mean to you? Yeah. yeah. How does that, that, that specifically around the what does it mean to you it is where suddenly we get <laughs> the, the issue they come in for may have a rather direct entry point. Um, I have to give a disclaimer to this quick story that anything questionable I'm about to say is a direct quote. So um, blame the client, not me. Um, no, but it was somebody, she was in her mid fifties. She was having some issues around weight loss. And all I asked was, what does it mean to you to have this weight be gone? And you know, that moment where someone's kind of carrying on this sort of professional put on demeanor. And then you see that just kind of collapse. Yes. A, yes. it, it was that moment where she goes, I feel invisible. I walk into a room and I'm a real estate agent. I'm really good at what I do. But now I fit into an archetype in society that I'm the matronly mother character that kind of fades into the background. Her words, when I get yeah. this weight off my body, I'm going to walk in the room like a gilf who gets shit done, <laughs> which I had never heard those four letters put together. I did not have to look it up. I was able to figure it out myself right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that clearly was the belief system that then became the foundation for, that was then the filter. That was then the sort of phase that everything was going through that then, yes, yes, then here came the techniques. Yes, here came the hypnotic process, but everything was now going into that, into that filter as that's now the thing that makes that decision as to those choices and those actions. That's exactly right. 
because you don't assume you understand their metaphors. Don't assume you understand what is in their head. When they say, I want more confidence, what does that mean? What, what does that mean to you to have more confidence? Where have you had confidence in your past? What have you done to achieve that confidence in your past? Those are all great questions that elicit answers from them. You want in their head to find out what they can do. You know, I, I a long time ago as a baby hypnotist would say things like <laughs> if they wanted to exercise, say things like, well, well, how about getting up first thing in the morning, putting on your, your shoes and going out for a walk? And a client said to me at one point, oh, I couldn't do that. I've got a baby and I, I couldn't do it first thing in the morning. Oh, well, how about in the evening? No, you know, that's when I'm cooking dinner. Oh my God, that's two uh, areas of lost rapport. Now we're not on the same page. Yeah. So I stopped saying, how about if you do this and say, what might you do? How might you do that? If they say exercise, exercise is horrible, it's sweaty, it's an hour, I hate it, I'm going to come back with, oh my God, the latest research shows short bursts of exercise will help just as much as those long extended periods of exercise. All I'm doing there is snibbling away at that belief that I have to sweat and do this for a full hour and be miserable. Oh no, you could walk up a couple of flights of stairs two times or three times a day and get some excellent exercise. Oh, well, I can do that. Now I just change the belief to my can't or I won't to, oh yes, I can. Changing beliefs to affect a change. Awesome. Hey, it's been great having you back on here once again. <laughs> uh, I know it came out a couple of years ago, but let's keep talking about it. Talk about uh, the book, Magic Words. Oh, I would love to talk about magic words and language patterns of the hypnotist's essential guide to crafting irresistible suggestions. It's a brilliant book and you really need to have it in your library. Uh, but I've got another one, Jason, I'd love to mention if you hey don't now. mind. The new coming out. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to do this. Trance dance, the hypnotic art of leading and following will be all about exactly what we're talking about. How to ask the right questions and get the answers from your clients. So all you have to do is fill in the blanks of a template and you've got your script. If you have, if you want to use a script, otherwise you just go from your client's belief system and run with it. Or internalize the pattern. So they're there when you're ready for them. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Which I know that's coming out a little bit later after this episode releases, though at any time we will update the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com. So we'll make this easy. Worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 331. As that comes out, we'll go back in time and uh, we'll add in that link. Though, Karen, where else can people track you down? Uh, they can find me at karenhand.com. That's K A R E N, hand, H A N D. Remember, I'm the right hand. Choose me. Uh, shake <laughs> with me. Uh, karenhand.com. It's easy. You can email me at karen at karenhand.com. And Jason, thank you so much. You know, you are the best in our business. And for you to go to all the trouble of updating things and doing things like that, that's part of what makes you the best in our business. Well, thank you. Thank you. Although uh, I always have to throw in the statement that it takes a team. <laughs> I was that I posted this morning online that I was uh, prepping the certificates from a recent class that wrapped up and someone commented, you need an assistant. And I responded, I have several of them that are digital. Uh, I like doing this thing maybe four or five times a year. And also the kids help out. So, um, right. Yeah. So someone else will update that page, Karen, is what I'm getting at there. Perfect. Uh, usually at this point, we job. wrap it up by saying, uh, you know, any final thoughts. Uh, but I'd be curious to ask you, because you came from another 
very successful career and a lot of people tune into this program for business advice. So let's wrap it up on a different note this week. Uh, what kind of independence has it created for you to run your own business as a hypnotist? Let's let's let those oh be the God. final words here. It, it has created the independence that I do what I want. I work with whom I want to work. I work with the issues I want to work or I refer out. Uh, and I set my own schedule. It has allowed me to make all of my own decisions. Back in my old career, I loved it. I was a radio personality. But I had to, let me put it to you this way. I was doing a sex talk show on the radio when Justin Timberlake exposed Janet Jackson's breast. And the legal eagles at CBS came down on us so hard because we were doing a sex talk show and CBS wanted to stay in the clear, wanted to be above board. Remember the Super Bowl that year was a CBS program. And they came down on us so hard, it was no longer fun. I was going in every day, not having fun under a microscope. That doesn't happen to me anymore. I have fun in my business every single day because it's my business. My name's on it. I make it work because of that. That's the independence it's given to me. Jason Lynette here once again. And as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program. And hey, did you catch that last week? Seven years running. Uh, this episode was actually recorded a week before the release. And episode number one of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast came out on June 25th, 2014. This is releasing a little after that, of course. Well, seven years and a little after that, I mean, in terms of the date. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for participating in this program, everybody who's been a guest. Uh, there was a cool conversation that popped up in the Mike Mandel community the other day where people started to answer one question with different links to episodes of my podcast, which, yes, some of them were my solo teaching episodes, but many others were ones like you listen to today. So one of the best things you can do to help support this program, hit subscribe, share it, use it in your ongoing interactions and the profession, and join us inside some of the private programs like hypnoticbusinesssystems.com or hypnoticworkers.com. Either way, looking forward to seeing many of you at the next HypnoThoughts Live conference. Thanks again for staying tuned. We got even more coming your way. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.